Join me in just a, a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for uh, this country. Thank you for this moment, for all of us, many who are adventure, family, and friends. And we just are grateful for the chance to be together, uh, to reunite, and, uh, and continue to grow old together. And we're just super grateful for friends. In Jesus' name, amen. Folks, good morning and welcome this morning. Uh, we are beginning our series called Finding Friends. Finding Friends. We prepared this little bumper for you. Let's see it. Uh-huh. If you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I'll sail the world to find you. If you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see, Nothing more important than friends. Uh, last Friday night, I had a chance at Intercom High School to work the snack bar, one of the scariest things I've done in a long time. I'm not kidding. I thought it was more stressful than any workday I've had in the last quarter. And yet, what was fun is the intentional opportunity I had to be with old family friends that I, my kids grew up with. Uh, there's something about making the extra effort to be with people whom you love, making that intentional effort to be with friends. A lot of our relationships are accidental. <laughs> the question I want to answer this morning is, how do we move from accidental friendships to intentional friendships? How do we move from accidental to intentional friendships? Uh, We've all had accidental friendships when we grow up. We're raised with people that we uh, are in elementary school with. We're raised with people that we're in uh, sports with. We play at the same parks with them. Uh, One of my friends that I grew up with, I got reconciled with, or not reconciled, I got reunited with last month at my 30th uh, high school class reunion, David Neves. 
And uh, Melissa and I just had so much fun seeing him and several other friends. One that I hadn't seen since it seemed like my freshman year of high school. And I just hugged him and hugged him and hugged him. And he's like, hey, relax. It was so fun to see Victor Furtado, uh, Downey Fire Department member. It was so fun to see him. These were, to some degree, accidental relationships where we were raised in the same space. And when you're raised in the same space, relationships have the potential, if you go through certain experiences, to just kind of happen. But as we grow into adulthood, we have to be more intentional about our relationships. They've got to get on the calendar if they're going to grow. And recently, I got a chance to be with a few friends that I accidentally connected with in college, and because one of them married my wife's twin sister, and the other I got to work with in a small space for a couple years and travel in a very unhealthy bus for a couple summers, uh, I got, re- got to be a couple weekends ago with my quarter century friends. These are the t- two guys that when we get together, it's a, it's a brawl at the hall. Uh, it's, it's a blast. We dig into each other and make fun of each other and criticize each other. It's good male fellowship. And uh, anyways, these guys, uh, in fact, one of them said, hey, we need, the, the guy in the center, he, some of you know him, he's very outspoken. He said, hey, we need to do this twice a year because the truth is we could die anytime. And we were like, yeah, it's a good idea. We have to be intentional about our friendships. How do you move from accidental friendships to intentional friendships? That's what I want to talk about because can you imagine having a community of friends with whom you you do birthday parties together, you do backyard barbecues together, you 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 do tailgate parties together, you work out together, you network together, you travel together, exotic places like Bakersfield, you get out and you do something fun. But they're people that you consider family. We're so separated by our immediate family for a lot of reasons in our country, we need a community of friends that we intentionally commit to one another. Now, here are the stats in the U.S. why this is important. A decade ago, the average American had six friends. Today, the average American has two close friends. 25% of Americans relay that they do not have a close friend. And so there is a high need for people to connect and get away from the loneliness that they're experiencing. Uh, The community that you long for is in the future. It's not in the past. And so this morning, I want to talk to you about being intentional about your friendships. How do you do that? Well, first, I want to begin by telling you that Jesus, our leader of this church and uh, of the church global, was intentional about building bridges with people and making friendships. We know this about him. In one of his, one of his co-workers uh, caught others criticizing him for this. Uh, it says that uh, he, he was intentional about eating and drinking with people of different backgrounds. He was intentional about eating and drinking with people of variety of backgrounds He was a friend of sinners. And what I want to, Jesus came eating and drinking, and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And when I read that, I think, wow, Jesus would have been a friend to me. (laughs) He would have been willing to hang out with me. 
he would, have, he would have been willing to really engage with me. And if you're here and you're in church for the first time, know this. Jesus would not only have loved you, he would have liked you. And he would have hung out with you. He would have accepted you. He had a no perfect people allowed filter when it came to friendships. How do you move from accidental to intentional friendships? How do you do it? Here it is. Like Jesus, you make the first move towards intentional friendships. Like Jesus, it's on you to make the first move towards intentional friendships. And of course, you got to get them on the calendar when you start. What does this look like? Let's go to God's Word. (laughs) Wouldn't you like to know how to do this this morning? Wouldn't you like to know how to move from accidental to intentional friendships? Wouldn't you like to have a community of friends uh, who you could barbecue with or who would barbecue for you? Wouldn't you like to have an, in, an intentional community of friends who would invite you to come travel with them, maybe to Europe or maybe to the East Coast? Wouldn't you like to have a network of friends who would work out with you, keep you accountable to work out? No. Wouldn't you like to have those kind of friends who wanted you to experience life's best? How do you do it? Like Jesus, you, you make the first move towards intentional friendships. Jesus did it. So can we. Let's go to God's word right now, and let's find out how we do this. Now, we're going to be in a letter called Hebrews. The author, we don't know a lot about it. He, about him, he either was a coffee brewer or an ale brewer. We're not really sure. Uh, but his, he was associated with the early leaders of the church, and in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 24 through 26. That's where we're going to be. If you have your smartphone, Google Hebrews 10, 24 to 26. Hebrews 10, colon, 24 to 26. And you're going to see how we move from accidental to intentional friendships. The author begins in verse 24. And let us consider. How does he begin? And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. What are we to consider? How we can spur one another on towards what? Love and good deeds. Let's pause there for a moment. He the author is asking us to consider. <laughs> to consider what? To consider what? To consider others. How do you move from accidental to intentional relationships? You consider others first. You consider others' interests. Uh, what's the real win of considering others' interests first? Here's the deal. Others are really interested in their own interests. And so if you consider their interests first, they're going to be really interested in you because you're interested in them. That's how it works. Jesus did this. He made the first move on his disciples. He he saw that they were struggling with fishing. He suggested they try a different area for fishing. They said, Rabbi, you're a gifted teacher. You have no, you're kind of in our chili. You're in our stuff. This is what we do. Jesus considered their interests 
part of their first engagement is Jesus ensured they caught more fish than their boats could handle. (laughs) And all of a sudden, they were interested in this rabbi even more. He considered their interests first. Like Jesus, you make the first move to consider others' interests. Don't wait. You make the first move towards intentional relationships. Dale Carnegie, in his 1930s book, argues that you put other people's interests first, you're never going to be of want of good friends. He cites uh, Charles Walters, a bank rep, who was trying to meet with a well-known bank president in New York. His name's not given. And uh, he got into the door, and he heard the secretary say of the bank president, uh, she said to him, I don't have any stamps to offer your son George today. The uh, Charles walked into the office with the bank president, and the president said, yeah, I'm trying to collect uh, international stamps for my 12-year-old son, George. Well, then this uh, Mr. Walters presented his request to the bank president, and the bank president was very vague, very dismissing, didn't really want to talk to him, and their meeting was over. On the way out, Mr. Walters reasoned, What did I hear his secretary say? Our bank president is collecting international stamps for his 12-year-old son, George. And Mr. Walters had this serendipity moment. He said, coincidentally, our bank collects international stamps from the seven seas of the known world. We have tons of them. So he called the bank president the next day and said, "Uh, hey, this is Mr. Walters. I just... I found a ton of stamps international at our bank, wondering if I could bring a few over. This bank president said, absolutely. He comes into his office. Bank president gets up out of his desk, shakes his hand, welcome, sits him down. You can read this in, in early, uh, in, in Carnegie's uh, 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 was good book. Uh, and he, bank president gets up out of his chair and welcomes him, brings in staff, calls, gets, gets, re- reaches out to other colleagues, and tells everything that this Mr. Walters wants to know. How come? Because Mr. Walters was interested in his son George's international stamp collecting business. When you show genuine interest in others, they're going to be interested in you. Now, some people dismiss this. They say, well... <laughs> You can't fake this. It's got to be genuine. Absolutely. If you're, if you're interested in moving from accidental to an intentional friendship, you can't fake it. People can read uh, disingenuousness. They can read if you're faking it. They know, hey, yeah, this guy's a smoozer. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to hang out with him, right? But if, it, if you have a true desire to move into more of an intentional relationship with someone, they will sense that. They can read that. We've got the body language that conveys that. And others argue, you're not going to be able to befriend someone that's maybe out of your social, economic, academic uh, life class. (laughs) You know, you got to just reach out to people that are like you. Carnegie differs. He says, no, he's had a lot of success actually reaching out to people of international esteem for this reason. He says, everyone wants to be treated with kindness. Everyone wants to know someone else is interested in them. And if you come with absolute genuineness, 
there is no one in your circle of friends that you cannot have an opportunity to move from an accidental to an intentional relationship with. So how do we move from accidental to intentional relationships? Here's the first. Uh, Like Jesus, we make the first move towards intentional interest. Like Jesus, we make the first move towards intentional interest. Jesus comes to the lake, says, you guys are struggling with fishing. I'd like to help. (laughs) And everything opens up. Let me just ask you, is anyone's name coming to mind uh, on your directory or in your own mind that you'd like to have a better relationship with? How do you do it? Show interest in their son, George. That's how you do it. Show interest in what they're interested in. That's the first piece. Uh, The second of how we do this is all about uh, showing up. Look at these words that God speaks to us in Hebrews. He says, first, consider. Uh, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And then he says this, not giving up meeting together as some of you are in the habit of doing. Not giving up meeting together. Not giving up being in the space that God's given you. Okay. Now, initially, he's talking about being with other Christ followers. We need to be together. We need to be together more often than we're not together. (laughs) Would you agree with that? Without being legalistic about it? We need to be together more often than we're not together. We need to be with Christians who will help bring the best out of us. Um, We need to be, you're going to have opportunity this month to to find new friends in groups next weekend and the weekend following. Uh, We want you to consider meeting some new people after services, after the uh, 10.30 service at, on the 18th and on the 25th. We want you to find more friends, more community. We also want you to bring chili, and we also want you to bring in ina- international food, if that's not too much. <laughs> we care about the chance to be together because we believe when we're together, that the Spirit of Jesus is here with us right now. Uh, When we're in a small group, we believe that's an opportunity for the Spirit of Jesus to speak to us. We're experiencing the body of Christ, and the Spirit will speak. But we don't just care about our church, for real. From the very beginning, adventurers have been great at creating community. We had a dream to have a building where we worship Jesus, a permanent church building, but that was also a gift to our community. We want to be a place that serves our community. We've had probably a couple hundred people in this building in the last summer, at least, uh, from a variety of different areas, so that we can offer this space to them as an act of service. We also want to be a gift at our, and we want to show up at our clubhouses, at birthday parties, with our neighbors. We want to show up in our space and not neglect even our own neighbors. We want to be neighborly. Now, last year, uh, we started practicing what I want us to continue to be a part of adventure. We started practicing front yard living. We challenged adventurers once a month to practice front yard living, have a party with your neighbors. And something pretty crazy happened last year on my street. Uh, We had Rocktoberfest. 
And my neighbors opened up uh, their yard. You can't see everyone there. There were about 50-plus people that showed. They brought all of their outdoor living furniture to the front yard. All the kids had areas to play. And it was just a real win to be together. One of the reasons we do this is because we believe that when you get together with people, that the Holy Spirit can use that experience to do something to bring someone Jesus' hope. And it happened last year. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to a gal who, exp- who was at that party and since that party has experienced some life change. As she comes forward right now, uh, Rocio Owens, uh, she's uh, supported by her husband, Shannon. Shannon, raise your hand if you would. And uh, Rocio is unique. She's going to share her story uh, with me in an interview style. Rocio is unique. She is a calculus professor at an area college. I asked her earlier, what's calculus? <laughs> but Rocio came to that event and uh, something happened. Good morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Good to see Good. you. Good. Uh, we talked earlier, you've had, you have some Christian background, you had some uh, good experiences as a Catholic young girl, yes. and then some that were less pleasant in your later <laughs> teens. Uh, you kind of stepped back from regularly attending ch- a church, yes. and uh, then you got the chance, or this fellow over here got the chance to marry one of the, one of the best <laughs> in this area. <laughs> And uh, you've had a daughter, Albita is her name, and uh, Albita was under the care of a child worker. What what happened from there, Rocio? Um, Well, it was two two years ago. She was four, and um, her at-home daycare um, lady started talking to her about, it was nearing Christmas, and she started talking to them about Christmas and God and the meaning of, really, in general, the meaning of Christmas. She came home, and she had a lot of questions, (laughs) and uh, Shannon stepped up, and he answer a lot of the questions and then that's when we decided um that we should start looking for a church again we we've been together for 12 years married for 10 and um being raised catholic going to a non-catholic church was always really a different experience for me and it was hard i never felt welcomed and um so it's kind of like my sort of he kind of just let me be and find a church that I feel comfortable attending. Good and, husband. <laughs> and so it never really happened. And so when when this happened at our daycare, and the daycare provider told me, I talked to them about God, and so I just wanted you to know in case things come up in, at home. And But it pushed us to try to find a, a, a new church, and so we decided we were going to try the churches in Natomas. Um, and then you show up at this event. Mm-hmm. With the Shalines, yes. Tell us about that. So we've been friends with Julian AJ Shaleen for for a few years, and um, in fact, their kids went to the same daycare, and uh, they invited us to this barbecue. And Julie said, "You know, we're doing this." Uh, she, they had started coming to adventure, and she said, "We're doing this know your neighbor um, phase at the church." And so they put together the barbecue and invited their regular friends also, not just your, uh, they was neighbors, us, everybody. And so we had a really great time, and that's when I met you and Melissa. And 
and I just knew from from their experience with the church, they really raved about it. And uh, Julie was very involved with Family Promise, and I just really um, yay Family Promise. <laughs> it's a great program. And uh, just the experiences that she shared for that, I, I just thought we really gotta check out um, this church. And so after that barbecue, I was more determined to to come and check out the church. And so we did. You came. And you had quite an experience. Yeah, it was uh, nearing, it was last year. So it was nearing Thanksgiving and nearing Christmas again. And, and I said, we have to do something before Christmas rolls around again. Um, and so <laughs> we came and Jeremy was giving the, the sermon. And um, it, we were still at the, at the high school. And I just remember everyone saying good morning. Everyone was really friendly. And the, the music was great. And, and it didn't feel like the churches I had um, gone to in the past and so it was it was really great and um one of the things that i remember from that sermon was jeremy sorry it's all right um, there's allergies are real, they're overwhelming they are. in here so <laughs> the trees that are in here it's it's crazy they're everywhere so you're good <laughs> um but i remember jeremy saying you know we love you we welcome you whether you believe it or not pray with us and that just really it just really reached me i think because i you know, I believed in God, but I hadn't really accepted Jesus, or I went through this period in my teens through the Catholic faith where I just kind of gave everything up. And um, um, so he, him saying, whether, whether you believe it or not, we welcome you, we love you, pray with us. It just really, um, I felt I needed to come back. Uh, and you did. You came did. back, and uh, your family was here uh, in the holidays, and uh, then something kind of crazy, kind of non-calculus professor-like <laughs> happened in January. Yes. Uh, it, you, you, you compared it to like a marriage proposal uh, from God, right? Uh, not to take it all away from Shannon's crafty work, but uh, something happened in January that was, uh, was kind of non linear for you it was yes. hard to explain it was hard to explain to this day i remember when you asked me to share my experience i said well i don't know because it's really to this day it's really hard to explain because um i remember you were saying stuff and and that's why i'm compared to the proposal because i just remember that shannon was saying stuff and i don't remember what the words that were being spoken but i just remember my heart was really full, and all I wanted to do was say yes. <laughs> and you were asking for anyone to raise their hand if they accepted Jesus. And I remember kind of looking at my hand going up, and like my subconscious is like, "What are you doing?" And, <laughs> <laughs> and and then yeah, and then there was really I can't explain it, but ever since then it's been. It's been great. <laughs> and you shared as a mom, as a, isn't that something? <laughs> Talk to us just for a minute about the piece that's happened. That's you're, You kind of have a peace test that helps you manage the drama, you said. <laughs> What's your peace test? Um, well, you know, ever since then, it's just, yeah, I feel more peaceful and more at ease. And um, what I said is that, like, the, the daily dramas or the dramas of the day, I feel like I... I take them with a better attitude, and and the test is I ask myself, like, am I at peace with God? Am I at peace with Jesus? If the answer is yes, then I'm at peace in my heart. And Love it. Love it, love it, love it. 
Would you guys put your hands together for Rocio? Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. How many of you are thinking, okay, can I get a tutor for uh, calculus? I really need her. (laughs) So if you want to move from accidental to intentional relationships, you need to think about what the Shalines did. They were intentional about their neighbors, about the space they'd been given, and they opened themselves up to that. They sent out invites with the probability of rejection from some. And folks showed up, and it was a, and it was a no-strings-attached event, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit also showed up and was working in, in the life of the Owens. How do you move from accidental to intentional? You're, you intentionally show up in your space, uh, whether that's on a Sunday in services or that's on a Friday night in your community. You show up, and what we like to say here is that you follow the Holy Spirit willingly. We believe that Jesus' Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead, is living in us. And so when we get a birthday party invitation or we get a, uh, a retirement party invitation, or we get a clubhouse party invitation, or a workout invitation, we see it as an opportunity to go love our friends and family at Adventure, and who knows what the Spirit will be doing in that given situation. How do you build intentional relationships? You show up in the space God's given you. <laughs> you show up, and you let Him use you. And you're present. You smile. You greet people with enthusiasm. And if you can, you remember a name. (laughs) That's been the hardest thing for all of us, isn't it? (laughs) You show up. Lastly, according to God's word, what you do here is you encourage. You encourage. You use your words to give people hope. You show up and you encourage one another. What direction? You encourage them towards love and you encourage them toward good deeds. When To encourage someone takes a lot of faith in what God can do in them. And uh, you believe in what God can do in them enough to encourage them. Build them up. Don't we all need a little build up? <laughs> Don't we feel like we live in a culture that's aim is to actually bring you down? <laughs> we need to build people up. Uh, I was so inspired, I don't have uh, time this morning, by... Peyton Manning, okay? uh, not his career, but the way he showed up and showed intentional encouragement toward other athletes on other teams. If you haven't seen the video yet, uh, maybe we'll show it after services, of other athletes conveying their appreciation of his notes that he would send, notes of encouragement. It's astounding <laughs> that this guy was so conscientious and so caring that he would encourage other athletes on other teams. There's something about a word of encouragement that really speaks to who we are. Christ followers are to do everything to build others up all the time. At the same time, one of the reasons I think we're afraid of intentional relationships is sometimes it can be uncomfortable. (laughs) This word that's used... If we haven't gone deep yet this morning, if, if, if I'm under the accusation of being too shallow today, hang, hang with me. Let, me. let me send you this nugget. The word here that's used for encourage 
is parakaleo. It's the original word to describe the work of the Holy Spirit. And it is the Spirit that doesn't just build up. The Spirit will admonish. The Spirit will warn. The Spirit will, will encourage. But the Spirit will sometimes poke you. Poke you. <laughs> poke you. And sometimes I think we're, we're not comfortable with relationships because we experience the living body of Christ in those relationships. There can be some awkwardness. God wants to use us to encourage others and sometimes uh, go after folks that really need a lot of love. I was inspired this week by the encouragement of someone who's considered one of the greatest men that ever lived, uh, no doubt, besides Jesus. Let me read this word of encouragement he wrote to one of his generals. I do not remember that uh, Major General Grant, my dear general, I do not remember that you and I ever met personally. I write this now as a grateful acknowledgement for the almost inestimable service you've done the country. I wish to say a word further. When you first reached the vicinity of Vicksburg, I thought you should do what you finally did, march the troops across the neck, run the batteries with the transports, and thus go below. I never had any faith except a general hope that you knew better than I. Uh, that the Yazoo Pass expedition and the like could succeed. When you got below and took Port Gibson, Grand Gulf, and vicinity, I thought you should go down the river and join General Banks. And when you turned northward, east of the Big Black, I feared it was a mistake. I wish to make the personal acknowledgement that you were right and I was wrong. Yours very truly a. Lincoln, you were right, and I was wrong. Can you imagine what that was like for General Grant? They had never met at this point to read that. How do you move from intent, accidental to intentional relationships? Well, first, you, like Jesus, you make the first move towards showing interest. You, that vulnerable move just like Jesus made the first move to show interest in this globe by going to the cross. You make the first initial move to not just show interest, you make the first move to show up, just like D Jesus did in his space in Galilee. You show up in the space God's given you. And finally, you show such interest that you encourage others, you build others up, you follow the Spirit to really give others what they need to continue to grow in their faith. Now, what about you? How is your community of friends looking? Do you have a group that you could travel with? Do you have a group you can barbecue with? Do you have a group you can work out with? Do you have a group that you network with? Some of you do. In fact, if you follow some of our adventurers on Facebook, they've been traveling in the country. I've been proud of them with friends. Love that. Let me just ask you, who is God's Spirit bringing to mind today for you? Who is the Spirit bringing to mind today that you need to intentionally build a relationship with? Who is it? Uh, 
Jesus made the first move. For whom will you make the first move for intentional relationship this week, this month, this fall? Who's on your mind right now? Imagine growing a community of friends around you. Imagine having people that will celebrate life's victories and people that will be there when life is tough for you. Imagine having a community of friends that you can be with on Friday nights and be with on Saturday mornings and, uh, and worship with on Sunday mornings. The community that you long for is not in the past. It's in the future. Who has God put on your heart like Jesus to make the first move towards this fall in showing interest, in showing up, and encouraging, putting them totally first. Who is it? And are you here today? Because you needed to be here for the first time that Jesus stretched out his arms on that cross to show interest in you and give you what you needed the most, which was his forgiveness. He's your friend. No one's been a more loyal friend. To offer you his body as a sacrifice so that if you believed on him, you wouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. If that's why you're here today, to believe in him for the first time, I want to give you a chance to. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for friends. Take a moment right now just to thank God for the friends he's put in your life. Take a moment right now and just thank God for the friends he's put in your life. And now let's ask God this question together. God, who have you put in my life that you want me to make the first move, the first intentional move to have a deeper friendship? Who is it? Ask again, God, who have you put in my life that you want me and or my family, to make the first move to build an intentional relationship with. And finally, if you're here today and you've never, like Rocio shared, you've never said yes to Jesus. We're not talking about saying yes to religion. We're not talking about saying yes to the church abroad. We're talking about saying yes to Jesus. If you've never said yes to him personally and accepted what he did for you on the cross right now from where you're seated, I want to challenge you just to say, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, uh, If today was a special day for you and some names came to mind, when I asked who who and what names came to mind of some folks you want to take some intentional steps towards this week, this month, this fall, 
I want you to write those names down right now. If they're in your head, write them down. Tell your neighbor who they were, okay? Maybe it's your neighbor. (laughs) And also, if you said today, like Rocio shared, yes to Jesus, on your way out, there's a room right there, first room on your right. It's our prayer room. There are some folks in there that are gifted at praying. They have a gift for you. They want to receive you. You stop by there and let us celebrate the biggest day of your life, the day you said yes to Jesus. Let's find friends this month. I hope to see you back next weekend. God bless you guys. Thank you.